Hello, and welcome back to A Political Teen. Before we get into today's episode, all of the co-hosts agree that this episode needs a pretty serious content warning on a range of issues. Today's episode spans from everything from substance abuse to self-harm and body dysmorphia. We don't go into any explicit details because the intention of the show is to foster productive conversation and not to trigger people. However, if you are easily upset by this type of content, maybe skip this episode. Additionally, we have included some help hotlines in the show notes. If you or a loved one is struggling, note that help is not only available, but accessible. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. listeners we're back again this is the second episode of a political teen and today we have miss kiki deckel whoa yay the crowd goes crazy (laughs) also we're gonna do book rec and movie first so you guys can just really be in depth in our topic today because it is really cool kiki why don't you tell us about this wonderful topic because i think it's really great right hello everybody i am kiki And today we will be talking about mental health, but more specifically how in the teenage culture, it can sometimes be very much overlooked and treated in a way that really is detrimental to the people who are struggling. Word. Kiki actually came up with this topic too. So applause to her because I'm really excited. Um, But also just really quick, book rec first. I'm reading Dune. If you like politics and you like biology and science, you're really going to like it. It's very complicated, but if you're not going to read it for the science of the politics, there's a movie with Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya coming out for the book. So you can read it for that as well. There's a Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya movie coming out. Yep. Okay. I'll be reading. Yep. I think you should. No, I will. And today I'm going to forfeit my song slash movie recommendation to Kiki. Yeah. I'm scared. I was not ready for this, but my, one of my favorite songs right now is Allison by Slow Dive. And I really love all of Slow Dive's music. They're amazing. Check them out. Go listen. (laughs) Slow Dive is the greatest ever. Wait, are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, we have. Yeah. I don't think it matters. We Heck already yeah. opened that. <laughs> we already opened that bottle. Okay. You can just say whatever you want. Fuck yeah, cursing. Kiki, I'm going to have you start out with this, bro. Just like go on a little rant. You can ask us questions or, you know, tell us when you want us to come in or just like go. Just like do whatever you want. Perform a monologue for the class. Shit, okay. All right. Well, Maybe, where do I start? I think what I would like to say first here is that when you go to a Christian private school, word people <laughs> are dicks. Agreed. And, okay, podcast over. That's basically it. That's no. all you need to know. <laughs> but it, it's so bad because... Uh, I mean, everyone's basically expected to be perfect, Christian, maybe Republican. Some people do have to. When people aren't perfect and people express that they aren't perfect, such as the whole mental health thing, people get judgmental really fast and they spread rumors and lies and it gets out of hand. And, you know, your entire life can really be affected by people who haven't been taught to handle subjects as serious as these. So wait, Kiki, I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Okay, go off. Um, What do you think about, okay, how do I word this? What do you think about, like, say you bring something up about your mental health and people right. are like, oh, well, she shouldn't really be talking about that. But if you're just struggling and then it's like, hmm. She's not talking to anyone. Like, where's the middle ground? Because it doesn't seem like with this issue, there is any middle ground. It's just like, you talk about it, you get judged. You don't, you get judged. Do you think that there is any middle ground 
of like safe place you know that that's what I've been wondering honestly because I I've literally witnessed people like I don't know post about having mental health problems or like going to a psych ward or something on their private story and my some of people I like consider friends will look at it and be like ew that's so cringy like why would they talk about that why would they like show that they're real people and that they're struggling but then when someone god forbid like kills themselves or something people are always like oh I love them so much like they should have reached out for help right so I don't think there is a middle ground or there isn't a middle ground that I've experienced yet all right yeah um do you think that like it can kind of get or what do you think the difference is between somebody actually reaching out to talk about their mental health and somebody romanticizing their mental health issues is you know because there's a big difference there yeah yeah no I mean see that's a whole nother issue because there's the there's the judging people for having bad mental health and then there's the oh my god they're so sexy like they're on drugs (laughs) I want to be them I have I have wow okay I think you should chip in (laughs) what I have to say is that there I think we all know that there are people who like kind of don't kind of definitely romanticize their mental health issues and project them for a lot of people to see but what I would say is that that is also indicative of having mental health issues you know what I mean like in some ways the fact that the person needs to overshare about it could suggest that they it's a kind of a cry for help and I'm not saying it's good or beneficial, but I think that the people who always post about how depressed they are, um, in some in some scenarios, it's just people who want attention. But I, I think that in all scenarios, the people who want attention are also people who need help. This this is true. But I feel like there's like two different types of like you need help. Cause there's the people who literally like aren't aren't depressed totally fine they're just like attention whores and they should probably see okay people who don't have the issues that they like over dramatize and post about they do need therapy but probably not as bad as the people who like are legitimately trying to cry for help and everyone's like that's so weird like why they just want attention it's like it ruins it for both parties yeah all parties involved and with the romanticizing, no one will take you seriously. Hashtag Effie vibes. So, right. so urethra. Like, no one takes anybody seriously anymore. It's either they're hot and sexy or they're annoying ten- attention whores. All right. I mean, I think that's a pretty good comparison um, in division. Um, you know, it's also kind of interesting is I'm guilty of this too, I will say. But like, when, say you're like sad and you're like, oh my God, I'm so depressed about this. Or, oh no, me too. This is giving me so much anxiety. Like, ah, do you think that that's also an issue too? Because I know I've tried to be better about it because I'm like, wait, maybe I shouldn't. Like, do you think that's also a form of romanticizing both of you? Yeah, I mean- Maybe not romanticizing. Yeah, more like minimizing. Like, yeah, minimizing. Because, like, things that words such as depressed or anxious that are, like, used to be clinical terms have now become very common. I say it, like, ten times a day. I'm so depressed. Right. Everybody says that, though. Exactly. Um, Do you think that's kind of a bad thing? Or do you think it doesn't really matter as like say you had like some of those issues would that like offend you because I've got it I mean like it's kind of the same way with me to be completely honest like yeah I'd say honestly it's just like how it is at this point right so it's like ideally people wouldn't but offend isn't the right word like I'm not gonna yeah Yeah. oh my god you're insulting me by minimizing these issues the only one that I do get offended by though is OCD oh yeah that makes me really angry when people like put their like pencils together 
<laughs> Guys, sorry, my OCD. It's symmetrical. It. Oh no, my pencil is longer. Wait, they're like the exact same. Look at this. This satisfies my OCD so much. Right, right, right. It makes me really angry. And I think with that too, it's different because not a lot of people, I think, have actually or met someone that really has severe OCD. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, people, definitely. Not. I think, especially now in this pandemic and our generation in general, there are so many more people who have been diagnosed with depression, anxiety. Like, it's just on a rise now with teenagers, which is really upsetting. Um, but I feel like that's really sad that it's kind of normalized. And I think it's starting to go from those things to like, again, OCD, because depression and anxiety are kind of normalized. We're going to normalize other things. And very true. It's weird. Like it's not, I don't think that should happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's feeling, it's feeling almost as if like being severely mentally ill is supposed to be the norm, like on the internet specifically. Exactly. But it's not. I was going to say that too, talking to my parents, in particular, my dad, um, the way that he talks about depression and about anxiety is kind of as though it's inevitable. He's like, oh yeah, everybody gets depressed. You know, everybody has episodes where they can't leave their house for months. I'm like, no, that's not normal. That's not- <laughs> but it's bec- is it becoming normal? Mm. Is it? And people I mean- are just not saying anything like where we live? I think it's, I mean, that's kind of the question we have to ask because it's on a rise. Does that necessarily make it normal? Because it's still, you know, like a sickness. Yeah. It is. And should be really taken seriously, you know? So I think there's kind of a danger in like, all right, it's normal. It's fine. Because like you have every single right to go get help and feel better. Like, that's not how you should feel normally. Just because more people are feeling it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know? Yeah, it's like getting the cold. Just because it's cold season and more people have the flu doesn't mean that having the flu should be normalized or like a net zero, right? Yeah. Right, so like having the flu is like how you should feel all the time, you know? Exactly. And And it sucks, I think, because it makes it harder for people who actually have those issues to recognize that they have those issues. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, it's like, well, this is just how I feel all the time. Like, it's, it's chill. Everybody else feels the same, whatever. Like, but they don't. Or right. do they? <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. And you know what else? It's also the flip side. Have y'all seen, like, all of the self-diagnosing people Yes. Recently, oh my gosh. It's so it, bad. It's literally, for every single subject we've talked about, it's a total double-sided coin. It's either you are literally suffering every single day, or you're fine and you have diagnosed yourself with autism. <laughs> right. Have you guys seen the TikToks that are like, okay, this is probably a sign that you have undiagnosed ADHD? Like stuff yes. like that. They're so, so okay. bad. That shouldn't be allowed on the internet. So weird. And you know, I find it really interesting because I had to do, like, I'm diagnosed dyslexic, ADHD, whatever. So I have to go through, like, every five years, I have to undergo testing in, like, um, this big, boring building for literally seven hours a day. I get to miss school. Like, it's two days, seven hours a day. And it's like, they literally just have me do puzzles. And like, it's like brain response and like spelling nonsense words and like stuff like that. And it's how they regulate that I can get like extended time or that I'm still dyslexic. Like, I'm not going to be not dyslexic, but that I still like, I guess, regulate for it. But you know, those tests are insane expensive. They are so expensive. And so I think it is crazy how many people do have undiagnosed ADHD. Like, have you ever thought about that? Because that's real. Like, I only had, I only knew to go, like, get tested as, like, a five-year-old. Because a lady at um, my old school in kindergarten, 
was like tutoring me and was like, yo, this isn't like, you should be able to spell. Like you can't spell. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But again, the flip side, it's entirely overdiagnosed in certain communities. Literally. Yeah. So you can't, what I'm hearing is that you really just can't trust anybody here. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Overdiagnosed. You gotta, if you feel like you have a learning disability, TikTok is probably never the um, go-to. Never. No. You're, are you really going to trust a 15-year-old on your, like, brain? Like, good, so I guess. But so what? <laughs> I will spend, like, an hour on TikTok and convince myself I have autism, borderline personality disorder, ADHD, OC, like I schizophrenia, like yeah. it's so bad, and they make everything sound so relatable, like on purpose. Yeah, right. And then you gotta remind yourself, like, oh, this is literally a twelve-year-old girl, like making a pretty TikTok, like, and you know, it has that like deep music behind it, and it's yep. like the glowing hairs with the emojis next to it. So yeah, bad. yeah. What I'd say is that if you think that you have at any type of mental health issue go to a doctor and obviously I'm very privileged to be able to say oh just go to a doctor because a lot of people can't afford that um but like a lot of these things also have overlapping symptoms right so like you might be saying oh I have depression I have depression I should you know get help for my depression when in reality you have like PTSD which can have a lot of similar symptoms but is not the same thing exactly um it's true And you know, a great out, like there's always someone to talk to. I know that sounds like super cliche and like people like, no, you don't, but you go to a physical every year, right? Like that's true. And they do the, they give you a survey. Okay. But like, I didn't take a survey. What? It was like from personal experience. And I was like, Hey, is this right? Like, I don't know what's going on. And she was like, uh no cool but no like it's just if you feel that you're having something wrong or you know that's kind of the thing if you don't recognize that you do reach out to a friend and they can help you like friends are always going to be there for you like the biggest thing that helps I think in my opinion is friends I know that's not like the professional answer but for me personally I've been really blessed with like really good friends who can like help me and be there for me which is so nice I do have to agree with that because sometimes parents really do not cut it I agree at all completely agree um I feel like parents somehow I mean I know they're not teenagers but they forget completely what it was like to be one right it's just you lived through this too it's like, How do you not? I think the worst thing with mental health or the worst thing that pr- can like happen is being blamed for it, you know? Yeah. Like to anyone, it's not your fault. Like it's really not. And I think that's kind of a common thing where if you're being judged or maybe you have an issue with your parent doing this, it's the, it's your fault. Like you're not, it's something that you're doing and that's just like not true so I don't know what do you guys think about that no because how can you be blamed for the way your brain is hardwired or the way your brain has responded to events in your life it like angers me that that's even an argument no it's it's stupid and they, they use it as a reason to like not get you the help you need like you cause this you need to fix it right I don't think so and also parents are somehow able to recognize a lot of the things that people do to cope with the issues and focus on those rather than the actual right. root cause. Oh, like, yeah. Like when their kids have like substance abuse issues and they just ground them all the time. Like you have to work on the that's honestly even going to make it worse. Yeah. Right. Well, because also, it's also most people who have those issues, it didn't just come out of nowhere. It isn't just like some random thing. 
And often I hear the argument of, oh, the person is doing it for attention. If a person is doing that for attention, they need to go to therapy. This is true. If they're doing it to cope with something, they need to go to therapy. So either way, like you should be focusing on what is causing those issues, I guess. There's such also an aversion to therapy. What do you guys think about that? I feel like there's a very pros and cons list with it. Don't at me, Jack. Don't at me. I very much added you because you have like the ground A experience of like shit dick craziness. Like it can perceive me. (laughs) Therapy can either be really good or really bad. Right. There's like why there's no in between again. It I feel like this is just gonna be the trend with this whole thing. It's either really, really one way or really, really the other. And with therapy, you can either have like some crazy old woman telling you you need to exercise a demon to become like whole again. Not that or- you would know, Kiki. No, I would. I would <laughs> never. <laughs> I have never been told that I need to exercise a demon from within myself. Got it. <laughs> but. On the other hand, you know, you can, like, meet some of your best friends in, like, group therapy situations. You can, like, ha- your even your therapist can be, like, one of your best friends. Um, personally, not me. But I've heard, like, I have a ton of friends who will tell me about how their therapist is literally, they just go and they have, like, an awesome talk. And that's, like, enough to get them through the week until the next time they see their therapist. Right. Good for them. But what about the rest? I've also noticed that, like, so many more people have therapists. That's also true. I didn't really know before, but I think maybe because I'm just recognizing that people are, like, openly talking about it more. And I guess they didn't really used to before. But I also think that's nice, like, to have it be not something that's, like, embarrassing or, like, don't tell anyone I'm going. Like, it's just... I don't know. It's yeah. good. In that way, I think talking about mental health and normalizing getting help is really good. I do really like that. I like that as well. But sometimes, well, sometimes it just, it seems like it's an attention thing. Again, like, oh my God, guys, I'm going to therapy today. This is my hashtag before therapy, hashtag after therapy every every single time yeah and i don't know it's just weird because i think i'm guilty of what i've been saying i hate people doing (laughs) but i i am judgmental for that one i don't know it's weird because like again we're never gonna i feel like i say that all the time it's weird but um we're never gonna know what's truly inside people's minds so like personally that's just not something that i would be like hey hey look at me um yeah but it's it's differentiating between the attention and the okay I want to talk to you about this because it's important to me what do you think like differentiates that because I honestly it really gets blurred for me because I just want to see like the best in every conversation about that but what do you guys think because I genuinely like need advice and hmm. my in my humble opinion I think it's like about tone and your prior relationship with the person because like if someone you don't really know that well like comes up to you and they're like oh my god I am so depressed like I just stay inside my bed every day I'm going to therapy peace out like that it doesn't seem authentic you know right. what I mean yeah but if, like if your good friend comes up to you and they're like hey I've really been struggling with this and this and this and I want to talk about it with you because you're my close friend and I trust you then it's like you know that's a really good point I like that. that's how I try to generally differentiate but most of the time people don't like come up to me and start talking about their mental health most of the time it's like I see it on a private story on snapchat and it sounds inauthentic no matter what on a private story. There is, in, in my beliefs, you cannot post on your priv about your mental health and sound actually 
whatever mental health problem you were saying you have. Yeah, something my friend Dana said that I think about a lot because it's one of those things where I heard it years and years ago, but it keeps coming back is that you should treat every single time somebody talks about their mental health like they're being dead serious. Because like on, let's say theoretically, they were, you know, doing it all for attention and they just, you know, were kind of joking about it. Ha ha ha, you know, I'm going to kill myself, all that stuff, right? You take it seriously and it ends up being a joke. Okay. But let's say that that person is actually being really serious and they don't have, you know, the social skills to talk about it in a serious way and they end up doing something that they can never take back, like, you would much rather have treated it like it was serious, because it can escalate so quickly. Absolutely. And that is really true, actually. I think that I think that's the attitude you should always adopt. If somebody comes to you, and is saying, hey, I'm like, feel like I don't belong here anymore, or, you know, something like that. And it's, it's just, always treat it like it's real there can nothing wrong can come from treating it seriously versus if you don't and something really happens and then you're the person that I mean you'll just you'll never forget that you know yeah Um, and that's just really unfortunate and sad but it's true that type of guilt really always stays with you I think yeah which reminds me I watched Perks of a Wallflower yesterday. Mm-hmm. I cried so much. But it, it, the main character, Charlie, is, like, dealing with his best friend's suicide. Right. And he, like, very obviously feels, like, extremely guilty for it. Yeah. And it really, it really has him messed up. Because he's like, oh, I, I wish I could have done something. I wish she would have left a note. And while watching that kind of made me think, like, you you really never know. Yeah. Which is, like, the worst part about it, you know? It's, it's interesting because suicide, when you really, really think about it, this is going to sound really awful, I think, when I say it at first, but it's almost the most, it's the easy way out easy way out in quotations. Nobody could see me doing quotations, but you could hear it. Um, (laughs) When really it's like the most selfish way you can do something. If you think about it in the way that I do, I know not everyone has my point of view, especially if you are struggling right now. I really admit that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, in my eyes, if, you know, you kind of do something like that, you're taking yourself away from everyone you know you're leaving your problems so other people will adopt them essentially not necessarily but it's like that burden it doesn't go away it never does completely correct about that yeah however okay oh no monty what okay what i was going to say is that you know, it's extremely selfish. And I think suicidal people understand that it's extremely selfish, but you can, like, people get into a mindset where they can't even think about the implications of what killing themselves would do. Like, they can't even think about how their mom and their dad and their cat and their friends are going to miss them. All they can think about is how much they want the pain to go away. And at that point, I don't think it really is selfish because it's just how the how the brain works. Like that's something I can't personally understand, you know? So I think, yeah, I think that's a really good point, honestly. Um, it's just, it's different, I think, with mental health because everyone, like, everyone is going to have a different opinion on it simply because it's mental meaning like your mental health, you know, it's never going to be totally textbook, you know, like it's different for everyone. And I think that's the other thing, like normalizing it. It's not all the same. It's not just like, you know, a list of symptoms that, um, you know, it's, it's different, but yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that. 
I I tend to also kind of be more on the side of of Kiki where people and I know you just said you agree with it but um people can't think straight but I think something that happens that I wish people more people who weren't suicidal would understand is it's never your fault for what somebody else is going through like I think so often people will say oh so-and-so you know I've so-and-so killed themselves so-and-so is dealing with these issues it must be my fault because you know I'm close with them I didn't recognize those symptoms and I mean that is just not a productive way to go about those types of conversations because as somebody who's personally had those conversations with themselves it's not a it's not something that you're ever going to reach the end of and have a conclusion for it's just an endless tunnel that doesn't do anyone any good Right. And, you know, I'll see in those like school seminars that we have where it's like, these are the signs. These are the signs. And you have to recognize them and tell an adult. Well, it's not that easy. It never has been that easy. Some people are are on stealth mode. I do have to admit, some people keep it hidden really well. And, you know, if you didn't notice and they end up in the mental hospital or worse, that's not your fault because they probably didn't want you to notice. Literally, unless you did something to directly traumatize a human being, it is in no way your fault to the audience. Audience, it is not your fault if Uh, anyone around you is struggling. Or if you're struggling, for that matter. Or if you're struggling. It's nobody's fault. Unless, you know, someone did something bad to you. Then it's, like, somewhat their fault. But it's also, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had a train of thought and then I forgot. Hold on. I want to eat my rice. Do it. Go ahead. Um, Bro, Spicy's trying to eat my dinner. Let him. He deserves it. Spicy's no, Kiki's cat for the audience who doesn't oh, know. Oh, yeah, you should keep that in. I have a black cat. His name is Spicy. He is my companion. And this goes along with the mental health with the mental health thing. If you find yourself feeling very lonely or isolated get a pet or if you have a pet spend time with your pet they won't judge you they won't yell at you and they will not insult you for the things that you cannot control they will just love you unconditionally and that's why pets are the best this is also kind of to go along with the further train of thought this is actually proven so the kids who are most likely to actually commit an act of suicide are the ones who don't talk about it so you can actually think about that if someone is coming to you audience like I don't know if you really want to take my advice we are not professionals oh true you should not be coming to us for therapy we We are are high school students professionals we are 16 year olds I'm just making that clear so am I, but we're going to be... Oh, wait. Oh, I my God, 16. our birthday is so soon. We're, we, our birthdays, me and Kiki, are one day apart, so... Yup. My birthday is the 15th, and yours is the 16th. Of course. Yep. I feel like anyone in the audience who has been listening, and we just revealed that all of us are Aquariuses, is probably sitting there right now like, yeah. Word. It yeah, that may, it makes sense. <laughs> But also, just also message again. This is a no judgment zone. And I just like, I appreciate when people come to me with things because I feel like trusted. And, you know, it's like, wow, like, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, And it does get a little hard, I think, sometimes when then you become the therapist, you know? The therapist position is awful. Right. It is yeah. so bad. You love no. I love it until I hate it. I love it until I hate it. That's kind of true. I think that's how everyone is. Like it's that's, that's like very true. You're like, wow, I love being here for this person. And I think everyone wants to be there for their people. And so you love it and you love that they're trusting you until it gets too much. And then you're like, please leave me alone. But you yeah. can't say that to somebody. Because, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, because when everybody is unloading their issues onto you, it's like, 
how do I explain it? It's like, imagine a little boat and people are just coming and dumping cement blocks into this boat. And eventually that boat cannot continue floating on the water. That boat will sink. And you yourself, the therapist, will become extremely unhappy and bogged down with everybody else's issues and probably no one to talk to because you have you feel like you have to be the perfect one and I think it's also really important for those of you who have taken on the therapist position it is completely valid and okay to say hey I'm not a licensed professional and I cannot be that person all the time because, hey, we're all teenagers. We all have our shit. We just talked about how, like, mental health and depression is on a rise. All of us have something going on, you know? And it's mm-hmm. not fair, I think. I, again, I am always here for any friend who has an issue who wants to talk to me. But, again, we admit it's different. There's a difference between, okay, I'm going to talk to you and you are the only person I am relying on this is going on you. You're completely viable in saying, hey, listen, I love you. I appreciate you. But I think maybe you need better help. And I don't think I can provide it, you know? Um, yeah, so okay. looking out for, I think when looking out for others' mental health, you always kind of have to take, it's the hard approach, but you kind of have to look in on the little bit of the selfish side to look on, hey, can I really, am I in a place to actually be able to help them? Exactly. And okay, this is going to sound terrible, but- <laughs> Mentally ill people attract each other? Is that what you were going to say? First of all, that is tr- that is extremely true. I will talk about that after this, now that you have given me this wonderful idea. But <laughs> you are more important than anybody else. You should, when it comes to this type of stuff, you need to put yourself first. Always. And if everybody did that, people would actually end up getting all the help they needed. Right. I'm just, just saying. You are always, like... Wait, what was I saying? I had such a beautifully worded sentence and then I forgot. But okay, you always like deserve help. Always. That is also don't true. Ever convince yourself that you don't because that's true. just wrong. Like, I think this is the one time where I will say my opinion is right and you're yeah. wrong. You deserve No, you are help. right. You deserve help and you deserve to acknowledge that you deserve more than what you're getting from a certain situation always always yeah. unless you're unless you're a terrible person right okay <laughs> if you're a terrible person a okay maybe if you're a terrible person there's a difference between actually being selfish and putting yourself first yes if always selfish to be like yo i deserve better than this shit because you probably do you know? This is all you do. Yes. You, there is a 99.9% chance you are more, yeah, you need the help. You should get the help unless you are a serial killer. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, that's going to be my senior quote. If you're a serial killer, you should really get help. You should I, really I, get help, but like in prison. Right. Okay. Yeah. Potential serial killers, please get help before we have an issue. Yeah, we don't need we don't need the psychopaths uh out on the streets. Yeah. Going like stabbing people. Oh, I but other than that, what's the question? Okay, I have two actually. Okay, one is really okay. the thing that I like yelled at the camera for like 30 seconds straight. Again, this is literally the biggest thing made because it took right. years, years to actually realize that. That like it's okay to be like, wait, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, I really can't. And I need help. Like, that is okay. My second one is that anxiety, especially, that is. This is like one of the main things where I think people can just assume it's one thing, 
when it's not. There are so many different types of anxiety. And it's so broad that like, I feel like the generalization of that and making people who feel like their anxiety isn't enough or like it isn't real because it's not like some other people's, you know? Like you're always valid and what you have always and just don't doubt it don't believe the 12 year old on tiktok you are valid period. don't listen to the 12 year olds on tiktok Wrong um of it but just don't. don't yeah i mean i did convince myself that i am schizophrenic one day and then the next day i was like i need to never open tiktok again right. it is so bad for you but I have my myth, I think. Oh, tell them. Spicy, I swear to God, you cannot have my tomatoes. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's, is it a myth? No, it's, it's not a myth. It's just a thing that makes me angry. If people do not shower or, like, brush their teeth or have, like, dirty rooms or, like, leave their food in their rooms or you know any of that stuff like if they are not the most hygienic person in the world please stop yelling at them stop being like you're so nasty you have skid marks okay if you have skid marks (laughs) yeah i I mean okay okay (laughs) i will backtrack please you have skin marks I don't I don't have skin marks but you know if someone did I think they should get made fun of a little bit because that might be the line (laughs) that's the line I think that's the line for me but any anything but (laughs) yeah I think I think it doesn't take uh if you're too depressed to wipe your ass that's a whole different story all right but You know, with the general, like, basic hygiene stuff, don't make fun of that person. That will literally just make them feel so shitty. Because if a person literally can't even take care of their basic hygiene, like, you shouldn't be, like, making fun of them for it. You should be like, hey, are you good? Because when people get into really bad slumps, and this this is professional therapist Kiki talking. This is like an actual fact. The first thing to go is like hygiene when you get into a terrible slump. And I think more people should look out for that. And rather than be like, ew, your room is so gross. Why don't you shower or brush your teeth? Should be like, are you okay? Right. Chances are the answer is no. Chances are the answer is absolutely fucking not. And check their underwear for skin marks. Please don't. <laughs> not do that. Okay. Because that not free will, but I, I don't think we should put that out as advice. Okay. Don't actually check your friend's underwear for skin marks. I don't think I don't think like you'd want to find out about that. Yeah. That one can stay a secret. That one can be a secret. But like if you like happen to see skin marks anywhere. Send them to the hospital. All right. They yeah. shouldn't be out in the outside world. Okay, I have one. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. This is incredibly similar to Jack's, and I also need to plug in my laptop. However, um, symptoms are not universal, right? right? So I'm just going to go ahead and that, that's like an umbrella of what I'm about to say. You do not have to be super emaciated and skinny to have an eating disorder. Only 20% of the people with eating disorders are classified as being underweight, which is a huge misconception. Being sad does not make you depressed. You can be sad in response to something that's happened, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have capital D depression as one of our- Capital D depression. That's what one of our counselors used to say. Y'all must have had a wonderful counselor. Oh, they were wonderful, and they were all different kinds of wonderful. So, definitely so amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also just things take different form for different people. Um, Just because something is a hallmark, usually, of of a certain instance, you don't need to do that thing 
to have your diagnosis be valid, right? Like, this is one thing that I think the internet has exacerbated, and you guys can please disagree with me or tell me that I'm being ignorant because I might be. With depression in particular, there are certain things that the internet has tried to normalize, which it should normalize. Like, normalize as in normalize talking about it, not normalize doing, but it's normalized doing. Like, for example, um, cutting. I think that's something that a lot of people wouldn't naturally gravitate to, but because the internet is like, oh, if you're depressed, that must mean that you participate in this type of self-harm. It's made so many more people do it. And it's like, you don't need to do that to be valid. And if you do that, you are valid. But like, no, you it's, need to have that. You are so correct about that. I have seen, it's like a weird trend almost to, okay, first of all, y'all should put a little... Uh, trigger warning on this episode that yeah, just will. popped in my mind yeah. second of all it's literally a fucking trend to cut yourself it's you know what I actually again me and my mother have an interesting relationship but we were actually talking about this and she was like asking me about it because she didn't really understand I mean and of course I really can't either because personally speaking I've never had a self-harm issue but she was trying understand to understand the like I guess reasoning behind cutting which I could not give her but because she was saying that wasn't a thing or it wasn't broadcasted when she was a kid you know right it became okay people are cutting themselves you know and also that is not the only type of self-harm oh very true it's like it is not there are so so many different ways like even like starving yourself that that counts as self-harm type of self-harm or spending too much money like going and gambling lots of money away like things even like that counts as self-harm like you don't actually have to be physically hurting yourself but with the way it is it's literally because of tiktok people think that you need to cut yourself. And also Tumblr. I don't know if either of you- Tumblr. No, I was on Tumblr. If you were on Tumblr in 2014, you are entitled to free therapy. This is true. If you have ever owned Tumblr, seek help. As someone who did not (laughs) Tumblr, explain. Okay, basically- back in like 2014 like all like the scene kind of culture Mm -hmm. that type of stuff like the scene emo wave of like 2010 to 2015 I would say Tumblr got really big and there would be like lots of pages promoting self-harm and eating disorders like especially because there would be like pictures of people like cutting themselves and lots pictures of like unimaginably frail tiny girls to like but it was like inspo they call it like thinspo thinspo yeah did you guys ever see um the movie to the bone no i didn't i had to turn it off yeah it was um oh i saw that on netflix yesterday actually yeah so it kind of talked about she was i guess the girl who was struggling with it I don't want to get into it too much really because it's a sensitive issue but because you guys are talking about it she was someone who struggled with an eating disorder and she was an artist on I think Tumblr actually now that I think about it and mm-hmm. people were finding like inspiration in her work mm-hmm. you know? yep that's, no, that's a real thing that's the thing she had to deal. Okay, that's interesting. So that's a real thing that actually it still happens because I still have Tumblr and I will literally see people posting pictures of like, like, basically skeletons and being like, goals. This is this is how I want to look. And <laughs> so it's so unhealthy. Like this was probably this was never a problem before social media. This is like why our parents can't relate. Yeah, and I don't want to say, um, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, yes. Eating disorders in particular are impeccably competitive. People will do things that they think or that they proclaim to be helpful 
or oh I'm just promoting awareness you posting pictures of your emaciated body or talking about how oh I skipped three all meal all my meals today oh oh I only ate 100 calories today aren't you proud of me that is not helping anyone Mm -mm. that is making it so much worse sometimes people really don't want to get help that's what really gets me in my in my soul they think it's like cute it's like cute and quirky no it's not with eating disorders especially I think you know so we've got there are so many branches of mental health and I think with eating disorders people tend to kind of group it away from depression and anxiety but they really kind of walk hand in hand at least for some people I don't want to speak for everyone obviously but they suck like it sucks. And you're right, Kiki, it didn't really become evident until social media, until you had, this is the perfect body. This is what everyone wants and you will never have it. Yep, literally. Like I, like if I went downstairs right now to talk to my mom and I was like, did people post pictures online of like, little skinny girls and say this is how I want to look like when you were a teenager she would be like what the fuck no absolutely not never we didn't even have phones it was like post online where oh yeah what online post on the daily bulletin put up on the little uh telephone poles (laughs) a little a little image I mean not all eating disorders are like this because some of them can literally just be about like control because there's like a lack of control in your life and you want to control your food intake but a lot of it is for that like because you want to appeal to other people right like you want to be enough for like a man and you guys already know this um but I I know you guys already know this I'm saying this for the people listening and I didn't mean to cut you off I'm sorry no Um, go for it Men can also have eating disorders. That is also true. And it Men, is so ignored. And everyone's always like, what? No, it's it's all about girls and they want to appeal to the male gaze. Like, no, there are lots of causes. Right. And there and also, men can also be body shamed. That is also true. It's, is- and it's not, no one pays attention to it. Like, I, I feel like TikTok I'm slowly realizing is the bane of ev- spicy shut the fuck up is a bane of literally every issue ever but like let's say there's a tiktok of a skinny guy versus a tiktok of like a girl who's skinny and the comments on the skinny guy will be like ew gross uh eat something and then the girl would be like goals or even like rail me yeah is so weird and or the other way around or the other way around it's so strange to me or like a fat dude they'll be like oh i'm just just gonna keep scrolling on this one i'm not even gonna say anything you know this could have stayed in the drafts but like for the girls like slay because people have been trained to only be sensitive to girls body images not men we don't apparently nobody gives a goddamn shit about what men think about themselves and we should because we're three women talking about mental health but true it's so different for guys oh yeah and oh yeah really it's, it, how it's really bad they're not allowed to talk about their problems i mean because i again i told you the main resources i think i really had and have for some of the issues that i've had with my personal mental health I have talked through with friends with my mom who I'm very fortunate is usually always there for me with that kind of stuff I'm really 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 lucky in that regard um whereas boys you know I have a little brother I asked they don't talk about it they, at all no. you know because that would make them seem weak right. as to society standards and they cannot show their weakness when in reality. Yeah, I feel like we're doing a better job of saying, hey, look, this doesn't have to be the reality. But it's I still so. not anywhere near where it should be. Where it should be. No, not at all. And you know, 
the suicide rate for men is much higher than women. Yep. Yeah. Don't mean it, to be an SJW. It all comes from like patriarchy, though. That's it the comes root. from the patriarchy. She's because, right. Because in the same way that women are expected to be like sub dominant and you know these fragile little flowers and all this stuff men are expected to you know be strong yeah Mm -hmm. those good old roman values bitch yeah no this is it's shitty it's so stupid you know it's like and especially if anyone's if anyone really is listening because again for people hey this applies to everyone not just to girls it's mm-hmm. to everyone and boys have the right to ask for help and talk to people and they always have and it really upsets me personally that they don't feel like they can because I can't I cannot imagine not having my friends as an outlet I I really can't you know yeah and having regular conversations with them too hey yeah. boys don't cry you know that's a good song crying feels so good crying feels amazing it's so nice when you need to cry you have every right to who decided that crying was the girly thing it's in your tear ducts you're making water with your eyes it's a Mm self-soother it actually helps release emotion like um nine out of ten times if you cry when you're done crying, you will feel a lot better. And I think it's also interesting because men also have a much larger aversion to therapy. A much larger. And I think that goes in hand with, I don't need to talk about it. You know, if I can figure it out, I'm going to figure it out by myself. Right. But yeah. I just think it's weird that it's a gender thing, but it's it's also a society thing, you know? Well, also somebody... Oh, sorry, go. No, no. I mean, again, it's literally just the patriarchy. Men, strong. They don't have problems. They're providing, you know? They're not allowed to be sad or girly, whatever that fucking means. Like, it's, it's, it should always be okay to talk to people. Always. And For it sure. doesn't make sense to me why, why you can't. Montana, go ahead, baby. I was actually going to say, somebody who has an aversion to therapy and was raised primarily by men and surrounded mostly by guys growing up, it makes sense. It really does that, like, I would adopt a lot of their views and ways of dealing with things. Um, Yeah, that's all I was going to say, is that when you're surrounded by people who think that mental health is no big deal and is something that people can deal with by themselves... That's how you're going to view it. Yep. You think the way I read something once that says the five people who you surround yourself with the most literally comprise your basic, like your way of thinking. I completely agree with that. I've thought about that a lot, which, oh, that just reminded me earlier, (laughs) earlier Montana goes mentally ill people attract each other. And I know that this was about 30 minutes ago, but I've been thinking about that for a very long time. And I would like to say that that is completely true. And the more mentally ill you are, the more mentally ill people you'll have around you. And soon it'll just be a party of drug addicts. Can you drag each other down? Wait, And you drag each other down even lower. Because, all right, do you think... It's just, okay, wait, how was I going to, if you have two mentally ill people, do you think it can actually be helpful because you have someone who can really understand what you're going through? Or is it more just a downward spiral? I think it really depends. Depends It depends on if they're like the unevolved version of mental illness or like the evolved because if you've gotten to the point where you understand that you need help and you're trying to get it and you meet another person who's mentally ill no matter what it's probably gonna end up pretty well but if y'all are both unevolved and y'all are just like doing whatever and engaging in terrible coping mechanisms and living your lives in a really unhealthy way y'all will 
think it's totally normal and continue to live that way and make each other worse through that. I could not have said it better. Not end well. It will not, trust me. Yeah, I like to say like, oh, you know, I'm sure it can be beneficial because you have somebody who's been through the same thing. And I would like to hope that that's true, but I, I kind of agree that most of the time you will just end up dragging each other lower and bringing out the worst in one another. Whereas if you with somebody, on the flip side though, if you have somebody who's been through it and who's on the other side of it, that can be very helpful. Right. And then you just, from that point, have to make sure, I think because from there, you know, I think that also attracts. If you have someone who is maybe not in a rough place, but somebody else who is, Mm -hmm. you're kind of, I think you can find a, not, this is not all situations, but I think that's a common beginning to the therapist. Oh yeah. Because expect for me, especially. From your life. I can relate. I don't know if you guys, do you know what empath means? Yes. I swear to God. Well, here we go. Here we go. I'll here. talk about it because this is what I am. I am a motherfucking empath. And it's, I hate you. Uh, I, I, hate I you. don't, I don't want to hear it. It's, it's, eh. it's <laughs> I don't even, I, I don't even like eh. listen to me, but it's that I convince myself with anyone that I meet. I can relate to you. I can relate to you personally. When really, Shadi, no, no you maybe can't. you can't. No. <laughs> you, can't. you really can't. But I personally, as an empath, will convince myself that I can and that I can do it and that I can help this person because I did it. You know? Mm-hmm. No. No, no, no. As a sociopath. <laughs> as, as a person, um ah, as a person uh, with sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. As a Just person who doesn't who can relate to people but chooses not to. Okay, yeah. No, not being an empath doesn't mean you're a sociopath, please. No, that's well, not knowledge. But I'm talking about myself. <laughs> I'm yeah, me too. Okay. Right. Referring to myself, I hate everybody and I don't really care about them. that. That is a valid argument. Please. Uh oh. That is a valid argument. <laughs> but but I think that telling yourself that you can relate to other people word. who are doing things that are really not good for them, you might trick yourself into thinking you have whatever they have. And then by by tricking yourself into thinking that it will actually come true. I mean, that's and that is a no, no. That's definitely a way to think about it. But then there's also the, I again, this is how I fall into, again, a therapist position quite frequently. This isn't just like a one-time thing. This happens all the time because- You're a nice person. You were right. a very and nice lady. And you want to help Thank people. You, Peggy. Thank you so much. But it's true. It's like there's so many. Ugh, I hate it because it just it feels hopeless to me. Like there's no right way to handle it without like actually getting professional help. Because me personally, I want so badly to be able to help people. I know that that sounds so cliche and awful, but I, I really mean it, you guys. Like, I I want nothing more than to be able to be that person. And, and that can't, is great. I get let down every single time because it's not how it works. Yeah. And it never has been. You know? And you should, I suppose, work on teaching yourself that in a which I have been doing I have good on it good for you that's my prerogative but it does it just like makes me sad like that I don't feel like okay if you ignore it that's ignoring it if I'm trying to be the nice person and then it doesn't work what can I do like what is the right way you just got to do 
everything you can. No, don't do that. I'm don't kidding. That. I'm kidding. Okay. Don't That's, do that. I, I was I was going somewhere. Hold I know on. you were. Listen, just do the things. I have to think of a way to phrase this. Don't expect to be able to cure somebody, but just be there for them. And by being there for someone, that will help literally more than you will ever know. If you are just there and you tell them, hey, I'm here for you. I, I love you. I respect you. You done did it. This is the part of the podcast that got a wee bit derailed. Um, so I'm just gonna jump cut straight to the end. Anyone have any final questions on that note before we close out? <laughs> Listen, kids. <laughs> fuck, fuck society. All right. Okay, that's one way. Okay. Also, <laughs> this really, this podcast is really just another way to tell you guys it's okay to talk about what you have going on in your life. It will always be okay. And we're three bitches who handle it in completely different ways. But true. We're here to help you, you know? This is also true because I feel like a lot of our friends are going to listen to this one. Guys, we're always here to help you. We're basically a comedy trio. Hey, friends. I love you. Don't listen to that tidbit I, I said earlier. I love you. And I'm always here for you if you need me. Same here. XOXO. Same here. Same here, babes. And on and that note... Oh, wait. But also, if you feel like... <laughs> hey, shut up. If you feel like you need help, please get help. Talk to a parent or guardian. Mm-hmm. Not a shameful thing. Yep. What the schools teach you is actually not that far off. You should actually go talk to people. I agree. Listen to your, like, phys ed teacher. Listen to your sex ed teacher. They were right. About something. About, okay, not about everything. About but that. They, but they were right about the mental health part. Um, not about most other things. For example, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. We can do a uh, sex edit episode. Yo, that would be really funny. That would be so funny. Can I, really I get featured? Can I please get featured again for the sex ed episode? You know what I think we should do for the sex ed episode? Have a bunch of different people. That's what I was going to say. Oh, like a ton of people. Yeah, like individually and then like spliced together. Individual interviews and then just at the end, it's just everyone screaming. That would be beautiful. Oh, so like it's like a one of those cut videos. Yes. A hundred grandmas teach you sex ed. Cut videos. Have y'all seen that one? That one's good. No. I saw it on my recommended. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm going to hop on that, and I'm probably gonna be kind of vulgar. Oh boy. I should not. I should not tell my dad the name of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, Bird. see you next episode. This has been a political teen.